July 30th, 2013, and this is day number three. Welcome again to the Tucson Ragers podcast. We're coming to you again from the Heritage Inn, La Mesa. This is our last night that we're spending there. It's a beautiful 73-degree evening in Southern California. Uh, we hung out at the beach today and kind of getting ready, uh, pre-gaming a little bit for what will be our uh, nighttime agenda. What plans do you think we're going we're gonna to hit up, guys? We're going to place in that pool, I reckon. No, we're going to Pacific Beach Bar, right? Going oh, down we did that. Beach? Oh, yeah. Play a pool in Pacific. Oh, oh. Yeah. Town, whatever. All right. Well, let's uh, let's not bury the lead at all. Uh, last night's game looked like it was going to be a bad one again for eight and a half innings, and uh, ended. I don't think it was pretty amazingly. I don't think it was a bad game. I thought pitching was pretty decent. Yes. Somehow, even though it was still one zero, it held my attention better than D-backs game. Yeah, I was passing out. Most of the D-backs game, I mean, that had to do with lack of sleep, but I was definitely falling asleep between pitches most of the D-backs game. I was pretty much into every pitch of this one. Yeah, well, Sullivan looked really bad in the first inning. Uh, yeah. He took, what, 23 pitches to get through the top of the first, and, like uh, and then he kind of calmed down a little bit, and other than the one run he gives up early. Yeah. That's you know, the thing. It, it, it was almost a mirror image of the game we watched the day before. Right. But, I mean, you felt like both teams were kind of threatening. I mean, we had a lot of runners left on base to start the game. Both teams were close, just couldn't push any runs through. So, had a little more excitement, There were three or four balls that got hit that looked like they could have gone out. And That's true, too. Hit the wall. Well, I was going to say, uh, pitchers, pitch count was up there. They weren't throwing as many strikes as the game before. That's why I kind of, like, was a little slower, but still had runners on because of walks. And still, like, runners threatening, but still a lot of guys left on base and one nothing coming into the bottom of the ninth, and yeah, pretty much the most exciting thing was. Well, the most exciting thing was first of all, the Reds are going to bring in Ronald Chapman. We're watching them warm up. <laughs> Basically, we were saying we hope the Padres don't score so that they bring in Chapman for the save opportunity. But crowd gets electric. Yeah, yeah well, people before, are standing. Taking but at the t- top of the top of the ninth, Reds are up, and somebody else see, is warming you up. See, yeah, we see someone else warming up, so we're like, oh, Chapman's not. That's, in, that's in. in case the Reds break it open a little bit, so they don't need the save. Right. So towards the towards the uh, closer to the middle of the ninth, we see Chapman start warming up, and you know the Reds get three outs, whatever. <laughs> and you see Chapman throw his last couple pitches. You see him the way the bullpen is in San Diego. It's kind of what one on top of the other underneath the scoreboard type of thing. Right. Yeah, they were right next to each other. I thought that was an interesting setup. It's a, it's a cool dynamic. Yeah, bullpens are kind of next to each other, almost directly on one directly underneath the other. And you can kind of see both of them from anywhere. But I think they each had their own exits, though. Yeah. The San Diego would enter, would exit off the left side, and the Reds guys had to come down that stairway. Stairway yeah. was cool. Yeah, the yeah was so, cool. so the Reds get three outs, and we see Chapman throw his last couple warm-up pitches, take a swig of Gatorade. You kind of see him walk down the stairs, kind of a... Pro wrestling type entrance. <laughs> yeah, see him bust out the door and come to the field, and that's really when 
Yeah. When you felt the electricity in the place, I think everyone was pretty excited yeah, to watch. Was, I yeah. know I was excited to watch him. Yeah, definitely was. I've yeah. only heard about how fast he throws. And you can see, you well, can see it was hard. And how fast he comes in, he throws a couple 99s, and everyone in the building is watching the MPH board. And he goes 99, 100, 102 right away. And, uh, and the first batter couldn't catch up to it. But pieces. Oh, pitch two pieces. and three were sliders. He's he, going he slider. Went, he can't throw the slider for a strike, and he, and he works himself behind in the count when it didn't seem necessary. He was ahead, and then, you know, then kind of got a battle back, and then ends up walking him on a terrible 3-2 fastball in the dirt. Like, I mean, you got to challenge the guy. That's the difference between, a, you know, an elite closer who's not going to give free bases, and it ends up costing him the game. I mean, the next guy comes up and sees one pitch. Yeah, Chris DeNorfia... Uh, who Jesse was upset was not in the starting lineup. lineup. Yeah, dude's on the cover of the the Padres player guide or whatever. <laughs> but and he does, he's not even in the lineup. No, but he's gonna pinch hit in the ninth ninth inning, and he comes up first pitch. Pepper needs new short. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, we didn't see Brandon Phillips either. Kind of disappointing that in the lineup. A hundred in, more than a hundred out, and it goes yeah. probably a four hundred and ten feet right over the center field wall. I mean, as yeah, soon as he yeah. hit it, you could tell. As soon as he hit it, you could tell. Everyone in the stadium jumps he, up. Yeah, all the other balls that got hit pretty far, you knew weren't quite gone. This one, as soon as he hits it, you knew that was it was. And kind he walked off home run two one. He knew exactly what we knew. Like we we talked about it before we walked up. It was like, wow, can't throw Chapman can't throw the slider for a strike right now. You know he's just going to stick with the fastball, yeah, and he banked on it and drilled. It. Struggling to find the zone, was scared to begin with throwing sliders, and then yeah, it comes right down the dick with the. Zero zero fastball into North here definitely makes him pay for it. I mean, surprise me. I didn't think the guy was going to crack one, walk North off, here. go ahead, lead homer. I mean, that's exciting. Won my pick in the, in the bottom of the night. Yeah, as far as our picks go, we're one for eight. With Kyle, uh, Kyle had the Padres, and that's about it. Three of us had the Reds, and uh, and those are all no good. So we're going to have to pick it up a little bit in the next ten games. Um, what do you guys think of, of uh, the stadium there? We, we took a lap when we first got in. Well, first of all, we should say um, – yeah, go ahead. We'll we'll stay on this right now. The 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 stadium. What do you think of the stadium? Mini city status. Uh, where we walked into the gate was like the field's just to your right. We came in like like at the left field foul pole, and that you could go to your right and kind of walk around the stadium. Or like to your left was a mini little ballpark that like kids were playing. And yeah, like, the there park. Was like they called the field. park in the park. The it park was at park. It, we, we weren't sure. There was restaurants and bars and. And literally a mini ball field inside the park where you need tickets to get into. But it was a really cool area. Yeah, I was going to say, definitely a ballpark feel. I mean, you got the big stands behind home plate. And it's kind of open out in the outfield wall, kind of, you know, like you said, high Corbett kind of feel to it. But definitely you know, a large big field stadium. But I thought it was really cool with despite, the, like the stairways on the exits and stuff. Despite the mini city feel, though, I definitely felt a little more homey in that ballpark than Chase Field. But... Chase Field just seems so huge. If, if you had to guess, though, wouldn't you say Chase Field was the newer park? Like, yeah. It had a yeah. newer feel yeah. to it. Like, and, yeah. and Petco I is, like I was saying, maybe five years old, um, with Chase being well, there was 15 now. There was 15. a lot of just empty space. Like, when you walk around, there'd be like, okay, there's a craft beer stand on your left. Yeah, that was and cool. then there would just be a huge wall on your left for... 45 feet, like nothing there, and then like there'd be something else. At Chase Field, it's literally one vendor after another after another. There's really no break. I also would like to add the beer selection 
Petco Park is among the best I think I'm going to see in this trip. Yeah, a lot of craft beers. A lot of craft beers available for just about the same price as shitty Budweiser. So um, that's that's definitely got a high grade for me. For the same price, definitely. I was going to say Petco Park was trying to keep the old old feel of downtown San Diego with it, though. They they left the one building standing, and I didn't even know it until we were exiting the game with the huge picture on the wall. Showing that the building's still standing and it's left with Valpo. Yeah, it's the old metal supply company. It's a building that was downtown. They've incorporated that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, too. Like, just left the building standing and it's part of the field itself with the Valpo. It's how freaking crazy big the stadium It is large, but I do feel Chase is larger. I thought the scoreboard was terrible. Yeah, it had, like, color problems on the, like, it just looked pixely. And yeah, it took, it took me a while to find out where the, the pitching stats were, find out where the pitch count was. It was kind of down in the outfield on the wall. Yeah, not, on, not on the scoreboard. Decent, decent amount of Reds fans, too. A lot of Reds fans. And I, and I guess we uh, we should step back a second and say we almost didn't make it to this game. Had some problems on the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, somebody decided to hop on the wrong train. Well, a train early. Yeah, and the wrong the, train. Uh, it was the wrong train. I decided to take the uh, San Diego monorail to the game from the hotel, just kind of as an experience. And uh, as we arrive, purchasing our tickets, our train shows up, and so oh, they, they, they come every fifteen minutes. We were at a uh, the Grossmont station, which services. There's three lines: the blue line, which goes south to Mexico, and then the green and the orange, which run up through. San Diego, and it happened that the station we were at, which is about a mile from our hotel, uh, services both the green and the orange. Each one comes about every 15 minutes. I'm trying to buy the passes, and I turn around. The door. Well, there was a train well, you know, you, we were trying to bypass and get on the train at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you're trying us to go hold the door, so I go, I go hop on the train and try to hold the door. This guy, this guy <laughs> Tommy, doesn't want to hop on. This guy, this guy doesn't Tommy hop on the train. Tommy goes on the train. I'm like, Skeptical, like don't know if I should hop on. I'm looking back. Chris is like fighting with the machine, trying to get a, a, a before we know it. Beep, 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 and we're sticking our door, hands. We're trying in, to stick our hand in the door. The door's closed. It's an elevator kind of thing. I j- I jump out of the way and don't hop on, and the thing just starts up and yeah, goes. Closes like, and immediately inside, starts. Freaking out. <laughs> it's like watching a bunch of retards trying to hop a doorknob. Out yeah, the, there. the look on Jesse's face was priceless. It was just like. No, is this just happening right turn now? Turn around, watch no. our train go away. Chris still hasn't gotten his ticket. I turn, I never saw Tommy get on the train. I turn around and Jesse is bewildered. Yeah, and, and I laugh. The train's right. going. So, so uh, luckily, we were smart enough to check the board and find out that the train that Tommy got on was a green line. We really wanted to be on the orange line, but they weren't servicing the next service. So we waited for the next green line, and then. Uh, then we jump on. What did you guys think of the trolley once we were actually finally got all back together? We picked up Tommy at the next stop, and we were good to go from there. That was a pretty chill. Like a pretty efficient, efficient. transportation system. And goes, what, 50, 55. 55 miles an hour. Stops every Bypassed all that traffic on the 8 and the 5 that yeah. you have to take to get downtown if you drive. Yeah, public, public transportation like that is cool, but, you know, I guess I'm spoiled having been to Europe, but every... I was on, like, subways and trains like that all the time, and they're so clean. Like, we got on it, it's just, like, shit spilled everywhere and garbage on the floor, and it just feels like you have a semen-covered seat. 
I thought the police officers at the end checking tickets was kind of a surprise. Didn't know they'd be. Yeah, we got checked on the way home. Uh, Police just jump on, do random checks of tickets or passes and valid tickets. Yeah, they they checked everyone. I think they checked everyone on a train. They checked our whole compartment. I think just at each stop, they'd run up to the next one. Um, I mean, I I read on uh, online that ninety eight percent of the people that use the train actually have a ticket for it. And we were talking, the monthly pass is like a good deal, and they have long-term passes even longer than that, I believe, so. I'd probably try and do it if I lived here, yeah. One thing There's I'd a lot of reach to, especially if you live not down in the main city area. Yeah, the, the buses run the stations, too, so it yeah, pretty much saying, goes there. Yeah, very very strong public transit. Another thing is, if uh, you want a good nap up on Monterey, <laughs> it seemed like almost everybody else Jesus. on the train would sleep. That was probably bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, ju- or we jump off and we walk maybe a couple hundred yards, it wasn't far at all, to the ticket line for the stadium, and we're standing there a couple of minutes, it was probably a 10 minute line, and we're only standing there a couple minutes, and uh, get approached by a guy, uh, that's, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even call him a scalper, he, well, he said he was, he said he just wasn't going to go to the game, he had four tickets, he had four tickets, at, each one was face value seventeen twenty five. Sold them to us for ten. Sold them to sold us to us four of them for ten. He walked us right to the gate. They worked. Yeah, we we waited. Kyle and Tommy went in, and then I paid the guy forty bucks, and me and Jesse went in. I mean, if we could do that at every park, oh, that's great. Like, it's and then we even sit in our we seats. Sit in our seats. We After we walked around, there was no one like checking tickets going down to the like field level there, and we just zipped in down the left field line. Just slightly behind the third baseman. I mean, we were great pretty seats. close to a couple foul balls. I was gonna say three were in our general area. Great seats. So I mean, we're gonna keep getting closer and closer. Yeah, we'll figure it out here. But, uh, did we talk about Ballast Point uh, yesterday? Yeah, we talked about Ballast Point a little bit. There was a Ballast Point uh, stand. Stand. There was a couple. Well, there was a couple stands, stands, and then there was like a whole area that was Ballast Point. I mean, Ballast Point seems to be pretty popular around San Diego. Yeah, you know, every Flash and Ballast Point. Yeah, it's so. like every every place has them on tap. Pretty. Standard. Now, a couple things we touched on in the uh, in the Chase Field game. Uh, National Anthem, again, started real shaky. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that fucker was off-key. Like, and I, he was laughing. He, he started laughing. Yeah, yeah he, he was baked as shit. He was baked as shit. <laughs> Playing his guitar in, like, <laughs> C and started yeah. singing in, like, yeah, D or F or something. Yeah, like, I didn't mind it. I mean, I think... He pulled it together, though. Yeah, no, the second half was great. second half was good. He actually sounded like a... Successful recording. I don't, like I don't remember his name. I don't know who he was. He's on iTunes though. Like that they announced some yeah. song that he sung about the Padres. Like dudes iTunes. like that who sound like they're half dying when they sing, like John Mayer, like him, <laughs> like this dude, John. Mayer. No, no, no. John, John Mayer is good, dude. John Mayer, that guy he sounds sound like, he's like dying. the Creed guy. That guy sound, <laughs> uh, yeah, pure audio slave. Yeah, just I I was happy though there was no God Bless America during the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate God that. bless not having God Bless America ever. I, um, Three first pitches thrown out the Padres game. <laughs> yeah, Three first pitches thrown out. Much. The Geico Gecko was the worst one for sure. Yeah, Geico Gecko is the fake mascot of the Padres today. What's better? Geico Gecko, SpongeBob. Easily, not even close, Geico Gecko. I was yeah. going to say, I prefer the guy Geico miles Gecko. above and beyond. Well, I, I, I give it to Geico Gecko because he came and sat in our section. It was taking pictures of people. He was, no, no, no. It wasn't even that. It was when the beach ball was getting hit up and he just jumped up and spiked it down <laughs> into the people yeah. in front of him. And you then should, looked at people like, what up? You should talk about the beach ball, Grinch. 
Yeah, that guy took that two. Guy gonna and we and we riled up the crowd. Yeah, and got everyone to boo. <laughs> so I was we're, we were sitting sucker. in a pretty kid kid friendly area, and uh, Kyle's yelling "fun sucker." Tommy's booing him and kind of yelling at him. And then all of a sudden, Jesse, who's been quiet, just yells, Hey, asshole! Leave the balls alone! <laughs> yeah, there's a security guy who every time there's a there's a beach ball getting bounced around the crowd, he, like, sneaks up and times it and, and grabs it. Yeah, attacks Attacks it, it grabs it, and, and ruins everyone's fun. Yeah, removes Dude, so, it from... So the second time around, everyone was pretty much pissed off and had enough of it. So, you know, we, we thought it was worth it to get the crowd riled Definitely. up. The best part out. the best part about that, dude, is as we're hitting it around, you could see him, like, start to walk closer <laughs> like a dog watching someone, like, play catch. Yeah. You know he wants the ball. Well, as soon he's as he got with it, he's walking up, he sees you with it, and then he's going to just pounce and well, try to get Well, he slowly made his way down the stairs as the ball did, exactly. and then with the, it was within arm's reach, and he definitely pounced on it. The like, first time he kind of <laughs> smiled, like, oh, I yeah, don't want to yeah, yeah. do this, but it's my job. The second time, he hunted. Yeah, actually. yeah, he, he was yeah. coming for it. Dang. I thought the Padres mascot was uh, pretty fun, though. At the beginning oh, of the I game. love the Padres mascot. I, mean, I forgot about that. was a Faith Hill in him with my Padres shirt. <laughs> and, and the dude just shakes his mad belly. Like, really great. Really great. Um, yeah, we, we were discussing that. We were also discussing the pot, the fact of uh, bro dads. How, oh, how, yeah. This, is, this was something that was... Uh, I got to give... <laughs> Some other credit here. This is something that was pointed out to me by someone who was recently in California. Uh, Guido, those of you who know Guido, pointed out that uh, Southern California is basically the bro dad paradise of the <laughs> United States. And I think, uh, I think the Padres game definitely uh, confirmed that. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, I think there's been a lot of other stuff that's kind of like contributed to that fact. Uh, I'd say like. The abundance of definitely attractive women will add to bro dads still hanging around. Yeah, I mean, you've got these five foot five to five foot eight. Uh, Buff, backwards hat, tanks, yeah. cargo Et- shorts, baggy looking, tatted. robot sent back through time to change the future for one lucky lady. Yeah, tattooed little. Little douchey kids. Oh, we also should talk about the guy who had to drag his. Oh, son drag his son out the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's what this. It's a little like the eighth, not even like. It's the seventh. By like end it's... of the seventh, going to the eighth. I'm not really sure. Pretty pretty boring <laughs> game, granted. I mean, pretty I mean, boring game. Ends in a walk night. off though. Yeah. I mean, the kid. The kid has a point. The, yeah, the kid was pissed, crying. His dad's cussing at him, dragging him out of the. <laughs> yeah, the kid didn't want to leave his seat, so the dad's just grabbing him by the hand, yanking him out of the seat. Better or worse than the kid that had to leave the game at Diamondbacks Field? Wait, what? The kid Jesse saw. Oh, who, who, sh- who shit? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. his pants? No, no, no. We're, I'm sitting on. I mean, I'm passing out. Let me just say, I'm I'm kind of like laid out by the aisle, watching watching the game in like the seventh or eighth inning, and I notice some dad walking up walking up the stairs with his kid, and he kind of looks at him and he's like, "Did you do it?" <laughs> and the kid has like this funny look on his face, looks at him and shakes his head yes, and the dad's just like, "Ah," looks at him. He's like, "Did you really?" And you can just see the the pain on his face. The kid clearly shat his pants. Like he was walking real funny. The dad was pretty pretty bummed out about it. I mean, no one's gonna be excited to clean up shit. 
That kid's leading the Shardsman Awards. Yeah. He apparently can't pull it down right now. Yeah, there's no clear Shardsman. Need, right yeah, definitely need some more awards for this trip. If you guys have some more ideas for awards that we can begin out. Right now, we uh, we have the Shardsman Award and the Blue Balls Award. And uh, we'd like to get a couple more that we uh, we can be judging the rest of the way. I think I think we'll get, we'll have some ideas come to us over the next few days. For the first week of this trip, we, I yeah, think we it's some, uh, yeah, we've definitely we've we've had some people throwing some ideas ideas our way. We're we're looking for more though. Um, the last thing at the game, we had a Houston Street had the like player interview in between innings, <laughs> and a uh, lot of lot of reasonable questions. I mean, the same questions they're always on these interviews. Uh, but then there was one, and all it was, was, would you go back in time with no detail? So I asked you guys, would you go back in time? I just, I, I laughed immediately when I saw this question because I don't understand. There's no, like, There's no stipulations on it. Like, regulations. can I go back? Can I come back when I go? Like, would you go back in time? What does that mean? Do I go back as myself? Do I go back as myself in that time? Like, like what, what, what Do I get to come back? I assume you go back as yourself. The, the big question is, do you get to come back? To yeah, this that's time? what I'm saying. It's just an open Do I know? Am question. I conscious of this time? So if I go back to 1965... Do I know about everything that's going to happen? I think so. But, I mean, that, the whole point of this is that it wasn't... It was a stupid-ass question. But, I, I don't know. Yeah, and then Houston well, Street he starts talking about... Dinosaurs about no, he said he wants to go back to Mesopotamia or yeah. some shit. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't. No, yeah, you don't. You're making millions of dollars shit. throwing a ball around. You don't want to go back to Mesopotamia. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird question. Okay, um... Well, before we get too far into it, uh, you know, we've been getting a lot of feedback from some of our friends, and uh, one of them that's been sending us a lot of info is Mike, who's back in Tucson, and uh, he's been sending us reviews of each of our podcasts, and we thought we'd uh, bring him on here and let him uh, tell us a little bit about the, the first couple episodes we did and how he felt we did in each of those episodes, so... Mike, you there? Yeah. What's going on? Hey, what's up? Not much. Uh, we're just chilling. We're back at the hotel. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the reviews you get, you've been writing. Uh, we've been going through them. Uh, why don't you give us a quick breakdown of the first three episodes? All right. Well, I'd just like to start off by saying I've been thoroughly entertained by your podcasts. Been quite a quite a way to keep track of the uh, trip, baseball trip. Yeah, the the first one, the first one got off a little shaky. I thought our second one was strong, and uh, and then third one was probably on the same level as the second. That's uh that's close to what we got as far as the scores you've been given. Yeah. Okay. So hold on. Um, let me just pull up my reviews here. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay. Good. Um. Yeah, so basically, I've just been rating all the podcasts um, on a scaled score out of 10. Uh, like, my my idea was to have, like, different categories throughout the trip, because I might not always be able to apply the same category to a, to a, every podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I found out with the first podcast, it really made, it made no sense having a city stories category when you haven't been in a city. Um, 
list. So I figured I would be able to like come up with different categories and then just scale it to a score out of 10 so that at the end of the trip, you could have a score out of 10 for every podcast. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, there's a couple of categories here that can apply to all the podcasts, uh, like audio quality sound effects. And then the bonus points category, I'll just like award bonus points like completely arbitrarily to certain certain events all right um <laughs> but anyways uh yeah so the first podcast that was just kind of like the pilot episode almost yeah we were so, testing a lot of thing obviously we know the audio quality is still not going too well this is our first skype call skype call so we'll see if uh the audio quality on this is any good either when we get done with it but it is recording right yeah. now so i'll take a positive that we're that got that far <laughs> yeah that's a good thing um, yeah, so the first episode, I, I, I just kind of had that as a five out of 10. I, I'm sort of trying to scale or construct these scores on sort of like a Gaussian distribution. So it's okay. not like, it's not really like a 10 is going to be achievable unless it's just like a fantastic podcast. <laughs> well, so, see that, uh, all right. That's interesting. Cause that goes back to a story we were having at the beach earlier today on a one to 10 scale of rating girls that does that also follow that same bell curve or do you see that as oh, a uniform distribution yeah. no that that has to be on a bell curve too because i mean it's kind of hard to distinguish like I, I mean you know girls that truly stand out and they stand out you know exponentially more than like you know someone of a lower score right <laughs> yeah my my argument was that girls that are really tens are not just walking around all the time right yeah, they should be like the rarest people you come across. Yeah, Quinn would say Quinn would probably argue that you only come across one in your entire life. That's his idea is that ones and tens are essentially impossible. That it's only the best or worst thing you ever come across. Yeah, I I would agree with that. So you're trying to agree with that. So you're trying to scale us back on a scale of ten at the end. Um, it looks like we got a couple different call. A couple different categories. We said the audio quality wasn't strong, uh, and yeah. sound effects we seemed to do okay in the first episode. Um, yeah. Not a, not a ton of baseball content or the road trip stories, and uh, and then obviously uh, the city stories were no good uh, <laughs> because we uh, we were in Phoenix, obviously. Yeah, which is, I mean, Phoenix itself isn't that great, but I mean, when you start talking shit about ASU, I gotta say something there. So. Uh... Well, yeah, but luckily a, there there was there was no score for that category, so I didn't hold it against you guys. <laughs> excellent, and uh, and we get some bonus points just for having gotten on the road. Apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely, really happy to see that Kyle and everyone actually made it, and so that was that was really nice to see that it it happened because this so, is an exciting trip for me, even though I'm not on it. Just like to see you guys do it, I'm like kind of living vicariously through you guys. Right, and uh, I'm trying to incorporate everyone in this. So we, we're trying to get John to call in today. We may have to get him a little bit later. Um, I told him, yeah. and Quinn, him and Quinn they should do their own side thing and send it in. Yeah, yeah, just like a little bit that you can include. Yeah, um, and I then, also really like the idea of Matt sending in his Fenway. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to do. He's trying to send an audio clip from, from Fenway, and then we're gonna do. Uh, have him do a talk afterwards to give us a little recap of his game. He's seeing the Diamondbacks there. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> I wonder if he's going to be wearing Diamondback gear because he could probably get on television. You know, like basically any any away fan or any anybody yeah, wearing Diamondback gear at a Diamondback game, yeah. the commentator's going to oh, yeah. put the camera on you. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So episode one uh, gets a five out of ten as a as yeah, just, just so a start. 
that's just a you know completely average score on a dollar distribution. A, uh, it, to call that one an average show is uh is kind. Uh, you got you got yeah. uh, you got Hearn as the MVP right working hard. Yeah, yeah, thirty six hours no sleep. It's, uh, it's tough to do. I've done that before, and to pull that off right before a big long road trip is pretty impressive. So, what about the second episode? It got a little bit better. Yeah, so the second episode was definitely characterized by what I'd call baseball talk. Um, pretty pretty good analysis of the Diamondbacks game and the Diamondbacks season in general. Um, I thought the most interesting part of the whole podcast was talking about Gerardo Parra. Um, because, like, he's definitely a, he's definitely a fan favorite. Um not necessarily my fan favorite, but uh, or not my favorite, but he is a fan favorite. Hey, Tommy, uh, uh, Mike says that Parra is a fan favorite. Yeah, I know. I know he is. <laughs> I think that makes him uh, dislike him even more. That, well, I mean, well, that makes me dislike him Dimebacks fans. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, look at this luchador. I mean, we they obviously know the target audience they're trying to reach to, and. Jerry Parra fits in with that audience. I'm not going to say what that audience necessarily is, but <laughs> it uh, fits well for who they're trying to target. Um, I'm not sure there are many hardcore Diamondback fans that, that like Tommy or Kyle or Chris or whoever would be uh, considered. Like, I, th- I think that's a rare fan for the Diamondbacks. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, what about the next category? So there's good baseball talk there. How about the, the road trip stories and the city stories? We got scores for that one. Yeah, so road trip stories, um, <laughs> the border crossing, right? Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, so the border crossing. <laughs> I was pretty nervous <laughs> about that uh, before you guys left the trip. Like, I didn't know what you guys were, were going to take with you or not, but I figured that might be an issue, but... It looked like everything was fine, so that's nice. Yeah, it didn't seem to be an issue at all. We uh we were through it in five seconds. Yeah, I know Frank has been like caught at that border stop before. Um, when he like someone had just like a small small sack of something <laughs> illegal, uh, <laughs> and uh, so he had to go through that ordeal once. But it sounds like you guys were fine. Right. Obviously, we wouldn't do anything like that. Right. No. Not on a. Not on a. Great trip like this one. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and then, oh, yeah, also Naked Juice is very, uh, well, it's kind of false advertising because it's not, like, completely just juice. There's a lot of sugar in it. And I guess there's just a story that came out saying that they had some sort of, like, synthetic ingredient in it. In it. So it's kind of like false advertising saying it's naked. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting comment you guys made, <laughs> how Tommy doesn't like it. Um and then I don't know city stories, <laughs> Yuma. I, I figured there there could be something going on in Yuma, but I mean, if you're on your way to San Diego, no one really spends much time in Yuma. Yeah, we hit up a nice In and Out. Uh, really attractive waitresses working at the In and Out, but other than that, not a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't have spent much time there either. But I'm just saying, like, it's the small. I, I mean, I was talking to Jesse about this before you guys left. It's like the small cities that you stop in on the way to larger cities that. Or really, like, what would make up, like, part of this trip? You know, seeing America, seeing the west, western half of America, and, you know, big cities, small cities, they're all part of this great country. <laughs> um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but, like, I don't know. That's how, at least, I see this baseball trip to some extent. 
Yeah. So we're still struggling. We got low scores again on the audio quality. Uh, not really sure what to do. We uh, we tried to grab a mic. It didn't really help a whole lot. Um, so yeah. you got it. You got any ideas for us? I don't. I don't. And if this is the best, like it's going to be, I'm just going to like cut this category out. I think because um, you're just doing the best with what you got. Yeah, we're going to keep trying to do different things. We're, we may go look at a, a different electronic store for a mic or something, but we're obviously not trying to pay too much for it. Yeah, definitely not. Okay, so total final score and MVP for uh, for for day yeah. two, for podcast yeah, number two? Tommy, Tommy had a great performance on this one for uh, the baseball analysis, the driving, and the baking. So <laughs> I thought he did a good job. All right, and a 6 out of 10 final score, right? Yeah, so I mean – I. I probably would have gone a little higher, but I mean, six is, you know, top 50 percentile. So that's, that's a good podcast. And I think that was a pretty appropriate score. Yeah. Okay. What about the third? We're, we're, be- we're in the hotel room. Do uh, we get a little bit better? Right. So I think, um, the, the scaled score of four and a half out of 10 kind of reflects what you initially said that, uh, <laughs> I gave a little too high of a score for that first podcast. Okay. Um, a lot of that just came from the bonus points you guys received for having actually started the trip. All right. Um, <laughs> but, no, a four out of five, I mean, this is pretty much just uh, as close to, you know, just an average podcast as well. Um, I like the the baseball predictions for the games. I think you guys need to make those predictions for all your games. Yeah, that's the plan. We're, uh, we're one for eight right now, so we're not hitting them too much, <laughs> but we're going to keep trying. Yeah, no, I mean, I hopefully that record will improve, but baseball is such a, uh, you know, on a game-to-game basis, it's kind of hard to predict. Um, I think the biggest factor determining or that would be able to help you predict who's going to win is the starting pitcher that day. Um, you know, the starting pitcher has a pretty big influence on win probability. Right. But, uh, I mean, you got to pick upsets throughout the, throughout the course. I mean, that's... That's a part of gambling. <laughs> sure. Kyle ended up uh, nailing this upset pick. Yeah. Do you guys Have you guys already talked about that game last night? Uh, uh, no. We're, well, we, yeah, we've, we've talked. Yeah, we have. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, so I was sitting there watching this on my couch, and uh, I just thought, you know, Chapman's he's one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball right now just for his velocity. Sure. And I figured oh. the – yeah, go ahead. All the excitement in the park was watching him warm up, and he comes out, and, and the, the stadium was more live at that point than it was the whole night, and everyone's watching the, uh, the scoreboard. He cranks it up to 102 on, uh, when, when he walks the, the leadoff batter, and then obviously first pitch, wow, what, what a hit. Yeah, I mean, it really was a, it, it was a hit that came out of nowhere. I mean, I don't think anyone would have expected that. And uh, like I said, I was watching on television, and, the reaction on Denorfia's face just, you know, said it all. Well, the reaction on um, Chapman's know, face was even better. He was shocked that thing got <laughs> got hit that hard. Yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah, the walk-off home run in baseball is one of the, the greatest moments. This is one of the greatest moments in sports. So whenever you get to see one live and in person, I'm sure it was pretty cool to see. Right. Okay, so uh, back to scores. We get, we get a 5 out of 10. You enjoyed the hangover <laughs> sound effect? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that's a pretty great quote from that. And you'll have to ask Frank about that quote. Um I guess Dr. Schwabel gets called that quite often in the, fa- the Frank family. <laughs> so uh um you have to talk to Frank about that quote. Okay. Uh, uh yeah. So that score, that one that one gets a downgrade a little bit. 
episode uh, just three. Because, yeah, just because there weren't as many sound effects in this one. You did a pretty good job in the, the last one with well-timed sound effects. And it's pretty easy when there's so many Anchorman quotes for San Diego. Um, yeah. So uh, it's just kind of hard to beat that, that okay. previous podcast. So the full-scale score is um, a four and a half? Yeah, four and a half. Uh, four and a half out of ten. The the best part of the podcast was by far the city stories. Um, I was really glad to hear Jesse didn't spend all of his money at Vios. Um, but also the beer. I mean, San Diego has some of the best breweries in the world, so um, I think that was pretty cool getting to hear about Ballast Point. It's it's too bad Green Flash is the way it is though. Like, like did you guys talk about that anymore? Just <laughs> no, in, we're closed. In fact, uh, Tommy and and. Jesse just bought a Green Flash IPA at uh, at our lunch, so they're supporting the corporate shithole. <laughs> Damn. Just going against all your values there, guys. Yeah. Um, MVP for episode three? Yeah, Kyle for uh, being the only person to get a correct baseball prediction, I guess, on the whole trip so far. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that's enough for the reviews. Uh, keep sending them in, and we'll talk about them a little bit, and we'll have you on every once in a while. Um, yeah, so the- good. The other thing I wanted to have you talk about a little bit, we're uh, we're going to start previewing our 14-team fantasy football league. We're uh, we're drafting oh. August 8th. We'll be in Seattle actually, and the plan is to draft, and then it's actually Jesse's birthday, so we're gonna we're gonna go out that night. Um, but That's we've just fun. been looking a little bit, and we're gonna start we're gonna start at the back of the draft. Uh, you have the 14th pick, um, mm. based on the fact that you are the defending champion. I am. I won the regular season and the playoffs. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so uh, let's look at your roster a little bit. Um, you have to I mean, be bring that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so running back death. You have you're going to have Demarco Murray, Ray Rice, and uh, Bryce Brown. I assume is the other running back you're looking at keeping. Um, you know, I really haven't done my research yet. Um, okay. Definitely, definitely Ray Rice and Demarco Murray. Um, Bryce Brown was one of the guys that kind of got hot at the end of the season, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Philly. I have to. I, I really haven't been paying attention to football that much. Um, well, so I'll, I'll, definitely I'll, I'll ask you. Some. I'll ask you a simple one then. I know you, you have Robert Griffin the third as your quarterback. How comfortable are you right. in that spot? You you comfortable having him? Or are you worried about his how uh, injury prone he's going to be? No, I'm I'm pretty comfortable. Okay. Yeah. I think he's uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and anyone would want to have him on their team. Yeah. Um, what about Des Bryant? Des Bryant's uh, getting a lot of press this year. Um, he, he's <laughs> going to go pretty high in a lot of a lot of standard league drafts. Um, he'll be your right. re- wide receiver one. You, yeah. you do you think he's going to have a, a a wide receiver one type league type type year? I mean, I think it's only natural that he's going to progress into being one of the best receivers in the league i mean he already kind of showed that last season i mean uh according to these 2012 season stats he was what the number third wide receiver i don't know if that's accurate here but it, it looks like he had one of the better seasons in the league so uh you know he's a he's a tough kid he uh comes from a tough background uh i think he's just gonna keep being a tough guy and uh racking up some big points Cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you in a couple days and uh, keep sending those reviews. We'll go over them uh, between us and talk about them a little on the podcast. All right. Sounds good, Chris. Take care. Cool. You too. Bye. It's actually my team. I was the runner up last year uh, in our 14 team league. And uh, I have the 13th pick this year. uh, But 
pretty strong returning team. It seems like there's a, there's haves and haves nots in our league. Um, who who do you guys think uh, has the best team that you're looking at right now? I'm biased towards mine, but yeah, definitely yours and Frank's with a lot of firepower. I think Chris's and Frank's team are clearly the two strongest teams. I think Mike's team is very good, but with, with a questionable Robert Griffin this season, remains to be seen. And um, I'm also pretty bitter about the last few seasons because my team's been pretty good and pretty unhealthy, so hopefully the two will put it together. Well, I have Tom Brady at quarterback. I, I, was, I was hurt doubly. By losing my tight end, who my my tight end keeper, and we're, we get to keep each eight players each year. It's a oh, dynasty. Hernandez. I had Hernandez. I do not have Hernandez anymore because I he is completely unkeepable. So I lose Hernandez as my tight end, who is one of my best keepers, and also a murderer. But he was tied with Tom Brady, though, maybe so. alleged. Yeah. He's definitely a murderer. Huh? But I will want to say here on camera that I think he's going to get off. They can't find the gun. I don't think they're going to find the gun, and if they don't find the gun, he's going to walk for sure. Yeah. Um, So, but anyway, yeah. Should I be comfortable with Brady? Uh, I mean, it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. He's still got thirty-six-year-old Tom Brady. He says he wants to play for a while. He's got the Gronkowski kid to throw to. He's got a new Amendola kid, and he's got a decent back, couple backs. Amendola was one of Mike's players. He's going to be Mike's second receiver next year. I was, uh, I was curious what he. uh, what he was going to bring. But obviously, neither tight end right now and not a strong receiving core. I'm not sure how comfortable I can be with Brady right now. I love my running backs, so Obviously, I have two of the top three uh, running backs by ESPN.com, uh, Arian Foster and Marshawn Lynch. They're two and three behind Peterson. I'm really happy with having those two. I grabbed Lynch off a trade a couple years ago, and I feel good about it. I actually have Foster off a trade also. I traded Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone in the league thinks uh, you and Frank's team have been on fairly good the last couple of years. Well, uh, I mean, so due to some due to some uh, poor managing decisions by other, other that's members exactly of the team. right. And and you know, it's a dynasty league, so you can see the farther we go along, the teams that really work at it rise, and the teams that are not very good at it have fallen. And we we've got some, you know, every year we have some new owners. Paul took over a team last year. Uh, Sammy's going to take over Andrew's team this year because he he stopped working on it. You know, but this was a league that also had Alicia and Greg and Allie, and this will be our fourth year. I'm, I'm happy the Dynasty League has lasted as long as it has. Um, the real strength of my team, other than those running backs, at least what I'm looking to trade right now is a bunch of wide receivers. I've got Fitzgerald, Green, Andre Johnson, Pierre Garçon, and Josh Gordon. I'm looking to move a trade. Uh, you know, Kyle doesn't give a shit about any of this, uh, but... Jesse and I, uh, I was trying to talk a little bit about trying to make a move with you, trying to trade one of those wide receivers for McFadden, maybe a three-way trade. What do you think about that? I feel like this has been an ongoing offer from you and Frank for about the last two seasons, trying to get my good running backs that everybody wants. Yeah, but apparently Frank can fleece people for good wide receivers, as you were discussing earlier today. Yeah, I don't remember what the trade was. I just remember Frank trade raped John, like, Pretty poorly in a, in a trade that happened towards the end of last year where I don't remember what happened, but Frank picked up Brandon Marshall to add to his already stacked-ass team, and John picked up a couple shitheads from St. Louis. And I was really unhappy about the trade because I could have offered John a lot more, but to each his own, I guess. Yeah, uh, 
I think we all kind of thought that trade was not a great one. That one, and then uh, there was a three-way trade between Paul, Aaron, and Frank. Those were the off-season trades that are going to affect the picks coming right. up this year. There's some first-round picks that have been dealt, um, really affected. I mean, obviously, I'm 13th in the draft. Um, I need to get a tight end in one of those first two picks, um, but some other people near me do too. So, you know, I'll pick up a tight end, and then either a backup running back or wide receiver and go from there. I don't think that's uh, that's too complicated. Um, you know, uh, we were talking today, Percy Harvin just announced that uh, he's having surgery in a couple days. Uh, I'm not sure who has him in this league, but Jesse might have him. <laughs> I might. We should look that up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Jesse and Tommy doing their uh, their analysis of their teams because they finished 7-8 uh, in the league. It's a 14-team league um, without a flex, so uh, covering a lot of ground. So let's go back and uh, talk a little more about this trip. Uh, last night after the game, we wandered down to the Gas Lamp Quarter, which is the downtown kind of Fifth Avenue area of of San Diego. Wandered for a little bit. What do you guys think? Uh, it looked pretty cool to me. I don't know. We were there on a Monday night, so it wasn't uh, too spectacular. Dude, I could swear John and I were there. That was way better. <laughs> just walk around it. It's also point. the summer. It's also the summer. But uh, I think the most entertaining person we saw this dude was uh, the guy riding people around on his bike. With a boombox. With a boombox, bumping really vulgar, loud. Really funny <laughs> And he was pimping it, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> pedaling really hard, not moving very fast. Dancing, not moving very fast, getting everyone's attention. I mean, it seems like a pretty effective business move if you're riding people around on bikes. So you might as well entertain. I was, I would have while you're riding. Very apt. Eight miles an hour. Yeah, very <laughs> apt business strategy. You know, sixty percent of the time it works. Every time. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he was great though. So. He, we said he would have got our business had we decided that that's the way we wanted to go. But we're just too uh, in shape for that. We could had a good walk. It was a nice place downtown. Everyone managed to hold their bowels together. There was some concern. There was major concern on my part. I, I mean, it was a Carl, I think, really did take a slight lead in the Shardsman Award based on the urgency. He, he <laughs> did have night. the first public Shards. Yeah, it took, it took a, sh- a, a fairly major shard in Petco, and not 20 minutes afterwards as we're walking around, just desperately needed to again. Shoddy's first toilet before we get off the train. (laughs) (laughs) I know what happened. I don't know what happened. That's it. Yeah. Uh, So that was the end of our night last night. Came back, uh, woke up pretty early, actually, and went down to, we started at Pacific Beach, um, down by the Crystal Pier. Had a good time. A great landscape. Yeah, and then uh, and then we moved over to Ocean Beach. Someone, uh, give me a comparison between the two. What'd you like better? Um, I thought our spot on Ocean Beach was kind of weird between the rocks and the pier. At, at Ocean Beach, yeah. Well, it was windy, well, it was right windier, colder, and the tides were more intense uh, at at Ocean. I thought. 
I was say all those things are Pacific. I thought Ocean really? Beach was a little I more thought so. Dude, that water was balls ass cold at Pacific, man. I could bear it at Ocean. Yeah, Pacific wasn't as bad. I thought the Ocean Beach was a little bit colder. I liked our spot on Pacific Beach a lot better though, and I, I always do. I'm a big fan of Pacific Beach, and that, and that's I don't know. I, I liked our spot. It was okay. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't really have a preference. Pelican Beach was Ocean Beach. I've been to Ocean Beach. Well, Matt asked us to talk about something. I'm not really sure what he's talking about, so maybe you guys can enlighten me. He said, I'd like you guys to talk about how bitches take pictures while they are on the beach of the vag in the swimsuit. Do you guys have any experience with this? Because I wasn't sure exactly what he was talking about. Them taking vag pictures? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Vag pictures. We saw saw some, like, live action, like, frolicking through the two-foot-deep water pictures. (laughs) Yeah, that that happens on the reg. Yeah, I mean, I... I, Saw tanning photos and stuff, too. Yeah. I I will say that when... We weren't sure a couple times if those, those girls, like, if their swimsuit was more like a... Brazil, Brazilian one, where it's basically just up the ass crack. I don't know if that's the right term for it, whatever it is. It's so wet. <laughs> oh, yeah. They said that would happen in hell. Yeah. And, or, if, or if they had, like, tucked their bathing suit into their ass crack. That, that debate came no, up. No, they were definitely straight thongs. Oh, no, yeah. Which... They ended up being that, but at first I wasn't sure. Yeah. That was at the first one. They, they were not American. They did not. Yeah, they sp- I think they were honestly from Brazil. They spoke Portuguese. Oh, I could see that. You tell that was Portuguese. That's impressive. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I, wish I, I, wish I, had, I wish I had impressive, sir, as a, uh, oh, as a rocker. Yeah, we're going to play it straight from your phone. Yeah. Didn't recognize it as Spanish, though. Um, moved over to Ocean Beach and uh, went to lunch at the South Beach Bar and Grill. Kyle mm. was digging some seafood. Oh, yeah. Kyle... Kyle Got word of seafood and never left his mind for the first uh, six hours of the day. So we ended up. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. yeah. It seems to be a San Diego t- fish taco Tuesday. So. Yeah, it was Taco Tuesday just about everywhere we went, so we decided. Yeah, everyone got tacos. Oh, no, you got the fried oh, platter. Got, got mm-hmm. his fried platter. Yeah. See yeah, days. and we must mention that we did get some green flash beers like we had planned to do yesterday. You got the IPA, um, too, right? Yeah, I got the West Coast IPA in San Diego, which was my mission from the beginning, so. Mission of God. Yeah, and then we uh we left the uh, the barn grill, and on the way out, we were discussing California girls. And my theory is that if you're a semi-attractive girl, that you do not want to come live in California because there are so many attractive girls that you are relatively less attractive. And I got barrage. Well, no, no, no. no. Okay, so by yeah, you mean, when that. you say relatively attractive, do you mean like four to six? I mean, that, girls who would be a nine in Arizona are I don't straight get it. sevens. No. In, I, see, I, I don't get how that works. I, I feel like you're nine, a nine, nine is a nine. A yeah. seven is a seven. A five is a five. A two is a two, no matter what When you state, put a rose country, next to a tulip, does that rose look any worse? You're saying a tulip is better than a rose. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with you, sir. I like tulips, dude. I just i I don't think there's any difference in how you rate them. I just feel like there's a much higher concentration 
of higher rated girls. Yeah, so I say I don't mind uh, all the. I don't think I don't think you. I mean, I think if you want to grade it on, if you want to think about it that way and grade it on a curve, then you can. But I don't. I, I'd really like to have Quinn's take on this. Because Quinn would say it's absolutely a curve. So wait, by by your theory then, the average attractiveness level of every city on Earth is a five. It's the same thing everywhere. Yeah, that doesn't make a, sense. A relative five. Yeah. Oh, okay. But see, okay, but then that's different. Like a five. You're is, is a five. You're saying a five's not even the same across the board. Like a no. five in California is different than a five in Tucson. Correct. Because of the field. Because so of the I'm field saying, you're grading. I'm saying I agree with California that. Five took themselves and went and lived in a Mm-mm. tribe in Africa, <laughs> that that girl would be a 20 on their 1 to 10 scale. No, no she what, probably, what, what, she what probably looked like a 9. It, what I'm getting from it is this, you're saying a girl who is an 8 or 9 going to the U of A moves to Southern California it would be like a seven or eight. Yes. So it is down to level because of the because of the number of also seven and eights that are around her. Yes. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't I, see I, that I, I see I see how you think that, but I'd I'd also agree that a nine somewhere isn't gonna take away from the fact she's nine somewhere else. See, okay, when when I you know, when you go from high school to college you realize that any girl you thought was attractive in high school is really not that attractive because now you see a great more chicks. Well, We've been through well, college now. That's we know that there's some attractive women that we've seen the I, top of the I, scale. I argue that I feel it goes like. the other way too. Girls that in high school that were not like the top attractive girls became way more attractive in college. Whether they just kinda learned how to put themselves together a little bit better, they kinda grew into their bodies. Like their willingness I, to experiment. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I mean, there's there's a lot of factors to growing up that uh, make these women a little more attractive. <laughs> I mean, would you agree? There's definitely some of those girls who were in the books in high school who definitely came out in college. Yeah, yeah, I about it. Let us know your feelings about this. Look, I think we'd all love to have you guys text us. Uh, some feelings about this conversation and yeah. any other arguments uh, or uh, discussions that we need to settle. If you guys are having questions in your life, yeah, you we're think great we should be discussing. Uh, yeah, you know, we I can mean, there's going to be a good discussion. There's going to be times on this trip where we have nothing to do but sit in the car and talk to each other for nine hours. So I mean, <laughs> we can talk about your problems too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we have enough of our own, but we'd much rather discuss yours. But um, I must, I must strongly say I disagree with grading. Yeah, so the question there is, but, do women's attractiveness vary region to region, or does the 1 through 10 set across the globe? Because I come to California, I come to California, I just feel like I'm surrounded by way more 8s and 9s than I would be in my normal home. Yeah. I feel like if I go to China, but then, I'm going to be surrounded by much more But if you lived here for a long time, you would adjust your Well, that's what I'm that's saying. my is, argument. Yeah, and my thing is, yeah, exactly. Say you live here for a while, all you see is 7 and 8s everywhere. So then you'll be able to recognize that nine or ten, or like you'd be able to recognize somebody who's a six or a five. You can. Like, so does that mean if I don't rate really girls on a scale of one to ten anyway? So yeah. I, I don't know how it works. Not the but first if you thing live in California for a while and then you go anywhere else, are you just like fuck? America's ugly. Is yes, that your thought? it yes, is absolutely. America is ugly. We got a lot of America to see. I think there's going to be a whole lot of different. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, after so, this trip. So yeah, 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 yeah I'm we're in Kansas City. Let's let's rehab this conversation. If anyone has any other input. Toss it in. We'll rediscuss it later down the road. All right. Streak for the cash. Got to go on. Uh, the Reds. Jesse and John had the Reds. Jed, John jumped in. First pick. Out. 
Uh, Reds lose. We watched it. It was awesome. Oh, shit. I had the Rays. Uh, Rays won. Price gets the win. And uh, the Indians, <laughs> Jason Giambi, <laughs> All at age 75, hits uh, a walk-off home run. There was three walk-offs last night. We saw one. Well, there was four walk-offs, three walk-off home oh, runs. And, uh, and we got to see one of them. It was pretty awesome. Who's everyone got today? Streak for the cash. I took, oh. I took the Giants against uh, the Phillies. You got Zito. Zito on the bump. Yeah, but I guess it wasn't looking good. Yeah, not looking good right yeah, now. It was 2 6 last time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, great. Shit, what did I, I don't even remember what I took. Well, Kyle, you have the Reds again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I took the Reds tonight because the Padres are sharing. And you have yeah. Latos on the mound. Yeah, I, also, I also took the Reds because the Padres are just really shitty. Yeah. And Latos Pod- is my boy. Padres so on a three-game winning streak. Reds on a four-game losing streak. We said, how tight would this be if it was the turnaround of the Padres from one of the best teams in the league to a run at the wild card? It would only be good solely for one the fact that we're teams. seeing them one more time. Yeah, why do we have to see the Padres three times of the Team we see the most. We see him again in Team Denver. Uh, very often. Not picking against him. <laughs> I have a, I have a, the Royals, Santana on the mound. Uh, they're at the Twins. And Santana was good at one time in his life. Maybe, oh, yeah. Wait, maybe, maybe it was good. Johan? Johan's I don't know anything about baseball, but I didn't know he was still around. So. Yeah, definitely is. All right. Uh, we're going to head down. It sounds like... Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I, while we've got Mike grading the show at home, Jesse still gets to grade the show as it ends. Jesse, what do you think? Uh, pretty good uh, Pretty good podcast, I'd say. Uh, touched on a lot of different topics here. Went pretty... pretty Long detail about a few things. I think I think we're getting a little better, a little more comfortable behind the mic. A little more comfortable. I was I was hoping in the first five episodes, by like the sixth episode, that we would have it going a little bit. Um, give us some feedback. Let us know how the Skype call worked with Mike. Uh, I I liked it to add a little variance. Hopefully, on the next couple calls, um, we'll grab some more people in on it, and uh, and we'll have all of us involved on the Skype calls, and then send us some audio files. We'll play them in directly and rack react to them, uh, text us, or email us at tucsonragers at gmail.com with some ideas that we can... Uh, send food, money, supplies, yeah, definitely send money. anything, that helps especially money. money. Yeah, we, um, we haven't eaten in three days, for anyone who, who's worried about us. Haven't eaten in three days. Yeah, more, more if, even, even though we, we haven't talk, eaten, Even though we talked about eating at Besides that, I've only been eating turkey jerky and red stripe. Been drinking red stripe. All right, it's what eight o'clock. We got to head down to the bars at Pacific Beach. We pregame in. uh, uh, Jesse's the sober driver for the night. He's not sober. He's mostly sober. (laughs) You know, I I mean, he's mostly sober. Sober enough to drive. (laughs) Driving drunk, classic. All right, Uh, we're headed down. Um, Check out Pacific Beach here. It's a, a fan friendly. Um, tourist-friendly, guy-friendly kind of area. There's a couple of kids who like the fuck trying to make it honest. I get it. Does anyone going to get on to you guys? <laughs> Wedding crashers right there. See you guys tomorrow.